Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's currently 2.24 a.m. as y'all can see here. If you're watching on the video side, we on YouTube and audio as always. Uh, it's currently 2.24 a.m. on Sunday, March 26th. And I'm tired. I'm really tired. I'm going to make this episode quick, so let's get right into the intro. Welcome back to Believe in the Miami Heat. As always, I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo, brought to you by the Believe Network. Thanks for tuning in. And the reason I want to make this episode quick is because what can be said that hasn't already been said? Uh, the Miami Heat just got absolutely dominated by the Brooklyn Nets in by far the most important game of the season. Uh, the reason I'm recording this so late is because I was doing the post-game stream over on the Basement Sports Network. Make sure y'all check that out. Shout out to them. Uh, and we were talking for hours after the stream about a ton of things, but also a lot about this Heat team because we genuinely, uh, well, I was going to say we genuinely can't believe how bad things have gotten. Uh, but a lot of that, a lot of those guys over there uh, saw this coming for a very, very long time uh, because of the whole running back thing. It made no improvements while all the other teams did. And all that other stuff we've been talking about for, for several episodes now. But to get to a point where it's this bad uh, is really, really embarrassing. Uh, we just kind of had a long discussion about that because uh, this team needs wholesale changes and something drastic in the offseason. Because I think after this game versus the Brooklyn Nets, where the Heat once again got dominated, I think everybody should finally be on the same page that something pretty big has to happen in the offseason because this current rendition of the roster is just not it. Now, the last episode was recorded after the Miami Heat blew out the Memphis Grizzlies and, of course, the game before that they, they beat the Utah Jazz. And I said I wanted to get that episode out quick because I wanted to have a positive episode. And I said, for all I know, the Heat could lose by the Bulls, uh, lose to the Bulls by 1,000 points in the next episode, uh, and the podcast would have a different tone. Because a lot of these this year have been negative because, of course, it's been a down season. So I wanted to get a positive one out there. You feel me? Uh, well, sure enough, the Miami Heat did get dominated by the Chicago Bulls. That game wasn't close at all. They ended up losing by 14. And then you went and you played the Detroit Pistons, a game that was close for three and a half quarters, but Miami pulled away. Uh, a win is a win. You should have handled that team easily. You didn't, but a win is a win. And then you get a very nice and big win versus the New York Knicks. And I'm sitting here thinking... This Heat team has a chance to uh, not solidify themselves in six, but put themselves in a good spot to actually be out of the play-in, something that I did not think was possible because at the same time, remember, the Brooklyn Nets lost back-to-back games to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they actually fell to seven. Miami was in sixth place for about 24 hours. And of course, we were matched up against the Brooklyn Nets. So if you were to win that game, you'd be a whole game or a game and a half ahead of them uh, with about two weeks left to go in the season. Hey, even a game and a half behind the Knicks, and you play them again. Maybe this team even had a chance to go to five. And I was sitting there thinking, okay, after all that, all this negative that we've seen this season, maybe there's a chance they could turn around at the end and go into the playoffs with a respectable positioning, or at least not the playing game, which is a major disadvantage for, for many reasons there. But then you got blown out by the Brooklyn Nets. They scored like 65 at halftime. They outscored you by over 20 points in the third quarter. It was really just extremely embarrassing to the highest degree. 
on you D night of everything. How dare they disrespect Udonis Haslam, man? That's my guy. No, no UD slander here, especially on uh, UD day. If y'all got something disrespectful to about UD, save it for another day. But really, don't say it at all because he's the guy. Uh, we'll get into UD a little bit later though because he's the only really something different that we can talk about. Uh, but yeah, close game. Uh, the Miami Heat are having an awesome first half. Uh, I hear at one point they're you know I'm not paying too much attention to the scores early in the game. Of course, I'm watching. Uh, I know the Heat are shooting well. Uh, and then I hear the Heat are shooting eight of nine from three. And then I go and look at the score. They're up three points, five points. I hear they're shooting 70%. They're up three at halftime. I look at that and say to myself, as a guy who, who's watched enough sports to know, I say, this team is going to get absolutely blown out in the second half. How do you shoot 70% and you're only up three? That is a terrible, terrible sign. And, and, and exactly what I saw coming to anybody else who's watched sports for a long time, or at least watched the Heat this season, uh, so, so got exactly what we expected. I don't know how you could see it any differently. The third quarter has a name for a reason. It's because they always get dominated in the third quarter, typically, most of the time. Uh, and this season, it's been in games that mattered like tonight. There was points out there where they looked like an incompetent group of professionals. They looked like people who had just stepped on the basketball court for the first time in their entire life. There was possessions where they could not, or where they, they had their hands on a rebound, but could not hold on to it. It bobbled six or seven times, and the Brooklyn Nets would get another chance. One, one, one possession happened three times. Brooklyn got three attempts, and each time they missed, Miami got their hands on a rebound, but couldn't corral it in. They were getting out-hustled, out-worked, out-classed. I don't care if all those words mean the same thing. The Heat were getting it. And I, and I want to say it's an, it's an effort thing, but I think they tried for the most part, uh, at least when the game was close earlier on. Certainly when, when they started getting blown out, uh, it was they, 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 you could tell they weren't trying at all, uh, which sucks because they, we've seen a lot of that this year, the lack of effort, and that's why they're in the desperation spot that they're in. But when they were trying, they just weren't good enough. Kevin Love. I saw a tweet from Ira Winterman today that said, Kevin Love's lack of mobility has been a struggle for the Heat. What the hell did you expect? You signed a 36-year-old guy, 36, 37, whatever he is, who was never athletic, who could never run, who was a guy that was just big, uh, especially in his college days and er in earlier days in the league, and that helped him get rebounds, helped his post game a little bit, and then he slimmed down and he turned into a solid catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. He was never athletic. What did you think that was going to look like at 37 years old? What was the reason that the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are a contending team, did not want to give him a single minute? They didn't want to give the man a spot in the rotation, and they're a contending team. What did you think you were going to get from Kevin Love? And when I say you, I guess I'm talking to the Miami Heat. I don't know who the Miami Heat is. I don't know if it's the front office, which is Pat and Andy. I don't know who it is. But... You got to know better. Uh, that is a, and I, I liked when they got Kevin Love because I said in theory he's a guy that could help, a guy that could space the floor and rebound. But I also looked at those concerns and said, that's something they got to look into. Why were the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, Cavaliers not playing Kevin Love? Uh, is it because he's too old? And apparently they did their research and determined, no, 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 Kevin Love can still be a valuable player. No, 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 he can't. There was a possession tonight against the Brooklyn Nets where he tried driving in, tried lowering his left shoulder. 
Uh, he looked like my seven-year-old cousin when he tries to shoot a basketball because the ball hit the bottom of the rim. How are you a professional basketball player and the ball hit the bottom of the rim when you shoot a layup? He got the ball back, tried going up. He's just too small and too weak against actual big men in the NBA to do anything. Uh, he's, not, he's not good. He, he's, not, he's not a very good basketball, basketball player at all. Uh, you got an, a relatively efficient night from Tyler Hero. Uh, even Jimmy and Bam were okay earlier on at the same time, but they, they had no answers on the defensive end. I mean, they gave up 129 points to the Brooklyn Nets, who lost five games in a row prior to this. Jimmy Butler, a minus 33. My God, that, that's awful. Your two best players, actually. Uh, uh, Butler, minus 33. Bam, minus 24. And I guess Gabe was a minus 27, too. But... The plus minuses are stupid. You got blown out. Everybody's going to have a terrible plus minus. What gets me mad is late in the game when, uh, when uh, they say, oh, Spoh's emptying his bench. Who comes off the bench? None other than our $90 million guy, Duncan Robinson. What's the point of me getting in on Duncan anymore? What's, what's the point? What can be said that hasn't already been said? That might be the theme of this episode. If you're going to take a quote away, that might be the quote because it's all stuff I've been saying for a very long time. It's hard to watch this team and not get frustrated when you see close to $100, $200 million uh, uh, on your roster of just non-productive players in Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson, one of them in Duncan who doesn't play. He's quite literally out of the rotation. How can you sign a guy and fail that miserably? It's one thing if you pay a guy and he sucks and he's just not any good, but he's playing. He's contributing somewhere. They can't find minutes for Duncan Robinson. And keep in mind, that's on a team where Victor Oladipo has struggled. He's not even in the rotation anymore. Max Struess has struggled. And he balled out tonight. If you look at this box score and you tell me that the Heat had a, a great night from Max Struess, a fishing night from Tyler, you think they win the game. And you see they get out rebounded. Maybe they lose a close one. But no, to get absolutely killed, it, it's embarrassing, man. Tyler Hero had a quote after the game. He said, this team doesn't want to be in the play-in. Uh, it didn't look like it tonight. I, I mean, the, it was all set up beautifully to have the the most important game of the season to come out there and dominate and get everybody feeling good and to just be a no-show and give up 129 points. I mean, it's, it's every word in the book. I'm going to Google right now. Synonyms for pathetic. Let's see how many words uh, on here describe the Miami Heat. Pathetic, of course. Pit, uh, pitiful. Uh, disturbing. Uh, woeful. Uh, these are all pretty good words to describe the Miami Heat. Uh, I should probably start to be writing these down because there's only so many, only so many different ways I could say it. Uh, and this is how I'm going to have to describe the Miami Heat for the uh, the next two weeks of the season, which will be their last two weeks uh, because they're going to make the play-in. And maybe they'll win a game, especially if they're playing the Atlanta Hawks. That team sucks. Uh, but they're going to get swept in the first round by, by no matter who they play. So... Uh, that just is what it is. I think that's all I want to talk about uh, about this current rendition of the Heat because there is so much other better basketball being played in South Florida right now. Shout out FAU, Florida Atlantic University over there in Boca Raton, making the Final Four. That is just unreal. I watched their game tonight versus the Kansas State Cougars. I think they're the Cougars. Anyways, uh, that, that, that FAU team is nice, man. They even went down six late, and I thought, uh, I thought that was it. Okay, the better team's going to make a run. Nah, man. Those Owls kept fighting. I mean, who, who, whatever the hell y'all say. I ain't go to that school. I went to FCCU. Shout out Dunk City, 10-year anniversary of that team. Uh, 
But those hours are good. They're fun to watch, man. Of course, I got a lot of friends that went there because I actually toured that school. Uh, that school is only, what, 40 minutes from where I grew up. Uh, so I toured it. I got a lot of friends that go there. I'm really, really happy for them. That's awesome. But you also got my Miami Hurricanes in the Elite Eight, the men and the women. Uh, dog, those teams are nice, man. The women, they got a nice win versus Villanova, and the Miami, the Miami Hurricanes beat Houston. Uh, and if you're watching this on Sunday, they play uh, Texas. Miami, yeah, they, they play Texas. So uh, that, I'm looking forward to that, too, and hopefully the Hurricanes can get a win. Uh, that team is awesome. Shout out Jim Laranega, man. Every, everything he touches turns to gold when it comes to basketball. That roster is so, so, so fun to watch. Uh, between Isaiah Wong and Jordan Miller and Nigel Pack and Norchad Omir is a hooper to the highest degree. That dude, he kind of reminds me of Chris Silva. I'm not going to lie. Not in a disrespectful way, but in the way that they... I loved Chris Silva for his hustle and his ability to get offensive rebounds. And that's what I see in Norchad Omir. He gets his hands on what seems like every single missed shot on, on either way. I saw the anonymous player prop betting app that uh, don't sponsor, so I'm not going to say their name. They had his rebounds at 9.5. I smashed that over. Smashed the over. That man had almost 9.5 rebounds in the first half. I think he had like 9. He killed that. Norchad Omir is awesome. I love that man. I love that team. Uh, I'm hoping they can make the Final Four because that, that man, that would be awesome. That would be really, really fun. Uh, and that will, of course, help Jim Laranega's case to make the Hall of Fame, the Basketball Hall of Fame one day. So that team's awesome. Shout out FAU. Shout out uh, the Miami Hurricane men and women. And shout out Nova Southeastern University for winning the Division II championship, finishing 36-0. and Now, NSU, I literally grew up maybe a mile from them. Uh, so, you know, li- probably less than a mile a year from them. Uh, so that's kind of my hometown school, too. Obviously, the Division II, so I certainly wasn't watching or anything. But I heard they were 6-0, and and they won the championship. So that's pretty cool, too. Shout out to them. And speaking of other South Florida teams that are winning, my men's league team, our team name is Better Than Will, if you know, you know, uh, we're 2-0 and also. Uh, so there's a lot of winning in South Florida sports right now, South Florida basketball, uh, that I don't need to talk about the Heat no more. But shout out my men's league team. We play again on Wednesday, looking to go 3-0. Uh, shout out my guys, Santi and Ted and Zay and John and Trayvon. And most importantly... The Argentinian ghosts, my guys Ben and Thomas, they've been carrying, I'm not going to lie. Uh, they averaging 43 points a game between the two of them. I'm averaging 7.5 points a game, which is fine. Uh, I honestly haven't shot that efficiently. I got to pick it up. But those Argentinian dudes are hooping. Uh, I got some clips of it. I, I Actually, I posted on Twitter at Anthony D underscore Heat. A little 30-second montage of the first game, some of the buckets I had. Uh, so if y'all want to check it out, if y'all want to see me hoop, that's on Twitter. But shout out my goals, get my guys over there, man. But as far as the Heat, yeah, the season's over. This was the last chance they have, I think, to turn anything around. Uh, short of winning every single game the rest of the season, uh, there's nothing they can do to make me believe in them. Uh, that being said, I am more excited for this offseason uh, than any offseason before because the more they lose, the more obvious it is that they will make some sort of dramatic change. Uh, I don't know whether if that's trading Jimmy or Bam or Tyler or Lowry and Duncan. They're going to have to do something. Uh, and just as a fan, seeing something different is always exciting. Uh, it might not always be good in the short term or the long run, but it's exciting nonetheless. So I'll be looking forward to that. And we'll certainly be covering this team all the time. I'll still be watching, but offseason is going to be exciting. So bear with me through these next couple weeks, man. We'll see if this team can make it interesting. Last but not least, uh, shout out Udonis Hazel, man. 
easily one of my favorite people of all time. Not even favorite Heat players, favorite athletes. No, genuinely one of my favorite people. Uh, he's a guy who was definitely a huge inspiration to me growing up. Uh, obviously, he's a guy who lost a lot of weight uh, and it helped him be successful where he's at. Uh, there was also a point in time where I lost a lot of weight uh, and it definitely changed my life also. And he was an inspiration for that. Uh, how hard he works, the kind of person he is. You hear the stories all the time. Uh, and I even read Cooper Moorhead's article. Shout out to him. Uh, he posted a whole article about UD. Uh, it was a long read, but it was a good one. Uh, and he basically just detailed out all the players tell you. If you think uh, UD provides no value to the Heat, you are ignorant. That's basically what they said. Uh, that's kind of why I always took their word for it. If they're telling me he's more valuable as a player than a coach, who am I to say anything different? You know, And I get it too. You just have a different level of respect for a guy who's, who's one of your brothers in the locker room than a coach who's more of an authoritative figure. Uh, I've always been of the camp that Udonis Haslam can stay on my team as long as he wants. Uh, there's not been a day I've ever said anything negative about the man or uh, would want to trade him. Uh, at least not in a serious matter. Maybe I said it in a joking matter. Uh, but he's awesome. Uh, I know he's retiring after this year, but if he wanted to stay another year, I would not be one of the people that's saying different. Listen, it's the last spot on the roster. If you get rid of UD, you're just going to get another Hayward Highsmith, a Jamari Bouye. Why do we need another one of those guys? People say, oh, well, it gives you another chance to maybe find the diamond in the rough, the next Max Struess, the next Gabe Vincent. If you were going to find one of them, you'd cut Hayward Highsmith to get him because he sucks. Or you would, you would take away Jamal Cain's two-way spot because you thought there was someone better. I'm not saying Jamal Cain can't be okay. He's been balling in the, the G League or whatever. But you, you, have, you have ways to get guys, okay? You're not missing out on the next, you know, undrafted great. You're not missing out on the next Ben Wallace or Fred Van Fleet because, because you have Udonis Haslam, okay? Uh, so I just want to show some respect to UD. It sucks that they put on a pitiful performance to him tonight. Uh, we saw the clip of him on the bench. Of course, he wasn't too happy at all. Um, Sucks his last year has to end like this. But uh, but shout out to UD, man. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to him eventually becoming an owner and working with the team because the Miami Heat are UD. He is the Miami Heat. Uh, they, they, he is woven into the fabric of this franchise. I think that's what they said on the broadcast today, and I thought that was said very beautifully. Uh, that's really all I got. I think the next game for the Heat is they play Toronto on Monday maybe. Uh, they might win. They might not. But the unfortunate reality is uh, nothing they do the rest of the season matters. <laughs> that, that's wait—is it Monday? It's Tuesday. They play on Tuesday, uh, and I hate to say that because you know y'all y'all listen to this or watching this, and I'm trying to keep y'all entertained or involved. So it probably is not sound good of me to say, "Hey, this team sucks." Be bored, but uh, I hope that y'all can at least appreciate the honesty uh, and, and genuineness, uh, genuineness coming from me. Uh, because not a lot of people give you that. Not a lot of people are real. There's a lot of sunshine pumpers out there who don't want to say anything negative about the Heat. Uh, and I just want to keep it real. And I think we're kind of all in the same spot. So hopefully you appreciate that coming from me. Uh, but other than that, stay tuned to the channel. I have a very, very exciting episode uh, coming out later this week. I did an interview with street ball legend White Chocolate. Not Jason Williams White Chocolate, but Randy Gill White Chocolate. He's one of the OG uh, hoopers put against the and one and all those dudes. Uh, he's a legend. Uh, if you don't know, I'm excited for y'all to get to know him. Uh, I don't think that'll be on the podcast side. It's not really a believe thing. Uh, that's just sort of a personal project that I'm, I'm working on. But if y'all wanna, if y'all are interested, it's a dope interview. We spoke for about 45 minutes. Uh, that'll be out later this week. But that's all I got for y'all. I appreciate y'all tuning in. Somehow we found a way to do a 20 minute, uh, another 20 minute video for y'all. But I'll see y'all next time. Peace out.
Look. Pull up in the city, tryna get that dead fast Sash. Do it on my own, I don't need no dead weight Had to kill him off, yeah, I need a headspace You know this home Thank you for listening to Believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show And giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com And search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.